Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pick Up Your Cross daily podcast with your host, Trainer Mitch. And today, uh, I just got some thoughts rolling around in my head and some different experiences that I've had over the past week or so that I wanted to share. Um, so before I get into that, uh, on the podcast here, I always like to talk about the story of Jesus and sharing the gospel and the truth, the word, and the life and the light of the world. Um, what Jesus did for us is so amazing because without his grace and his mercy and his self-sacrifice for what he did on the cross that day, we wouldn't have a life to live. This life wouldn't exist. It would be game over. We wouldn't be here. That's my opinion. But uh, I would think a lot of people would agree with me if that never happened, if he never made that sacrifice and wasn't willing to come down to earth and be a human being, to be a man and to be God as a man, we wouldn't be here. So. Always be thankful for Jesus Christ and what he did. Um, and something that I was curious about a little while ago was uh, the word Christ. And in Greek, it's uh, Christos. And that translates to Messiah in Hebrew. Because I was like, where did that word come from? You know, the word Christ. And uh, because it's not Jesus' last name. Um, he is referred to as the Christ. Uh, his name is not Christ. But he is the Christ. And the Christ would be the Messiah. And in the Old Testament, that was the people, that was the person that the people were reading about and learning about and praying for was the Messiah. The coming king of all the land. The king of kings. The lord of lords. That was the Messiah. The one that's going to rule over all of the world. That's who they thought of as Christ. Was another word for it would be Messiah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, just to kind of, you know connect the two worlds of Old Testament and New Testament. Because sometimes I feel like a lot of people get lost in the Bible where, you know, there's the Old Testament and people are like, oh, you know, that stuff doesn't matter anymore. We don't need to look at the Old Testament. We need to look at the New Testament. And for a lot of reasons that could be true, but reasons why it's not necessarily ideal would be because you're not getting the whole context of the story of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is literally in the beginning of the book of the Holy Bible all the way through the end. His web of life is intertwined in every single word and every single story from beginning to end. And once you realize that, or actually, the real kicker is this. Once you accept 
who Jesus is and accept him into your heart and allow him into your life to work in you and to work through you to change who you are so that you can be born again. Once you accept that fact and you go down that journey, he reveals himself to you. And especially if you are in the word reading, he reveals his story to you. And then you can begin to see it in Genesis chapter whatever, whenever the, the uh, whenever they eat the fruit and God is talking about somebody's going to come and bruise his heel on the head of the serpent. And that would be Jesus. So he was in there from the very beginning. Uh, so that's why it's important to have both worlds, old and new, and to be able to look at both of them and to get the whole context of the story. Because without it, I feel like you're missing a lot of the key points and the real uh, meat and potatoes of the gospel. Now, the gospel itself would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Revelation. And learning those and reading those is very important because that itself is Jesus's actual life on earth as a man, right? And then the Old Testament is more prophetic and it's more, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, it's like more stories and uh, similes and uh, I can't think of the right word, but kind of stories about him. So you have to kind of like interpret things instead of like it being right in front of your face. So very important to have both sides of the story so that you can get a, the whole picture. Because the Bible is the whole picture, but if you separate it and you throw everything out of the Old Testament, I feel like you're only getting half. So just kind of throwing that out there. And uh, so some things that I've been thinking about recently is how the Bible is so vast and most of the time I would say people are very adverse to reading the Bible and believing the Bible. I've been working with these people for six months and I'm always throwing some things out there about God, talking about God. They say Jesus Christ is a swear word, basically every sentence and, you know, whatever. They don't basically working with a bunch of atheists who just throw out the Lord's name in vain all the time. So I'm always making smart comments about it and, you know, talking about God and talking about the Bible and stuff like this, asking some big questions. And uh, I said the other day, I'm always getting into conspiracy theories too with these guys because that's something that I can relate to. And um, I feel like if you really go down the conspiratorial path, it ultimately leads to God at some point. Um, so I think that's really important to know. And I, I, 
I tried it to uh, keep feeding that in some people. Uh, so I made this comment to this guy the other day, and uh, he, we were talking about conspiracies or something like that, and I said, it's all a conspiracy, man. And uh, I was like, hey, you know who the original conspirator was? And he was like, no, who? And I said, Satan. And he said, yes, yeah, says who? And I said, the Bible. And he's like, well, that's just a book. How do I know that that's true? And I was just like, well, I guess you don't. But I think once you get into the book itself and you start reading about the actual documents and the actual history of the Bible and of Jesus' life, there's really no denying it. There's been countless atheists who have started to study Christianity and the story of Jesus to prove people wrong and to show people how dumb they are for believing it, that they said, wow, this is actually real. I can't dismiss this. And this is true. And this has happened countless times. Once you dig into it, I read a book. Uh, it's called The Da Vinci Code. Or the Da Vinci Myth and the Gospel Truth. It was like a short little book. And uh, laid out a lot of facts. And it went into the deep like historical documents behind all that stuff. And talked about the atheists who would try to prove people wrong. And blah, blah, blah. There's some famous ones out there that are now like evangelizing for Jesus. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really undeniable. And it's a shame that, you know, in today's world, we can have so much information at our fingertips that somebody can still say that the Bible is just a book. Because it's definitely not just a book. There was a lot of people that wrote this book. Um, there was a lot of Holy Spirit-guided writings. And a lot of things match up. A lot of things are well-documented and cross-examined and uh, plotted on maps. And they say... You know, the certain things are in the Bible. They can go find that in the real time right now. And it's true still. And they can recheck history. It's one of the most accurate books <clears throat> that stands the test of time. And the reason why I'm getting into this is because I enjoy reading the Bible. And... I like to read it from a very spiritual, uh, supernatural uh, worldview. So when I'm reading, I, I don't take things literal most of the time, unless it's like a very specific story. And you have to know the context of the story, of course. But most of the time, things are parables and stories and... Uh, different things like that that can be interpreted in a lot of different ways and 
there can be an underlying hidden message that has to do with the supernatural realm. And in the Bible, there are stories of other gods that exist. And these are, we'll say, lowercase g's compared to the one and only uppercase g, who is the most high god, the most powerful, the one that created all things. There's only one of him. He created all of these other, uh, we'll say, creatures that are of some holy nature, that do have special powers, uh, like a hierarchy, a celestial hierarchy. And uh, there is something called a ninefold celestial hierarchy. And that identifies different kinds of angelic beings that exist and that are talked about in the Bible. Now we can dismiss those things in the Bible and say, oh yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's cool. And then you move on and you don't really ever think about it again. Or you could dive into it and be like, whoa, wait a second, what is that thing? What's a cherry book? And why are they guarding the Ark of the Covenant? And why were they created by man uh, out of gold inside of the temple that uh, Saul built, or Solomon, Samuel? I'm getting those mixed up, not sure. King Solomon. Yeah, King Solomon. That's who that was. Uh, there was two of them inside of the Holy of Holies that were uh, constructed. Wings were touching and they were guarding the Ark of the Covenant because it said that the cherubim exists where God is and uh, they are constantly with him, worshiping him and uh, holding him up and kind of protecting the throne. Now we can just, you know, like I said, dismiss those things and be like, oh yeah, you know, that's cool. You know, yep, uh-huh. And then move on with our lives. Or we can really dive into that and be like, whoa, wait a second, what is that? You know, uh, are there more? How many of them are there? Do they exist outside of heaven? Have they been to earth before? And I like to think that uh, Greek mythology, Roman mythology, and a lot of the legends and folklore out there uh, actually is more true than what we may be told. I believe that uh, most of it's probably true to some degree. I'm not saying 100% of it's true, like, oh yeah, this legend, this story, it's all true. There's probably parts of it that were true or else it wouldn't be a story. Uh, there's a lot of half-truths, we'll say. And then they get kind of twisted and uh, changed over time. So, the Bible is a very spiritual book. And there's angels in it, there's demons in it, there's supernatural celestial beings in it that never get discussed or talked about in church. And there's this war in heaven that breaks out and there's this war between the angels and Satan, Lucifer, the one that rebelled against God and his plan and what he had in store. And... There's this battle going on. 
And the battle is over our souls. And I recently just witnessed this in a TV show that I've been watching that's probably not uh, a show that a Christian should watch, but um, I'm watching it. I think it's kind of cool, and I think it's funny because it's so, like, anti-Christian that it's, like, amusing to me the way that they do it. Uh, But it's Sabrina, uh, the Teenage Witch thing. Uh, But it's not called the Teenage Witch. It's, like, the Weird Adventures of Sabrina Spellman, something like that. Uh, it's like the newer version on Netflix. It's it's a really good show. Um, it's very dark. It's very uh, witchy and warlocky and demonic. But uh, everything that I've I have witnessed countless things in that TV show that are directly in the Bible, like. There is no such thing as an original storyline because it all has already happened. It all already exists within the pages of the Holy Bible. Like like in the last episode that I just watched, these angels have come to uh, this Greendale place and they're witch hunting and they're basically killing these witches. And it's a war between them and the witches and warlocks and the Dark Lord and, you know, good and evil. And some of the characters make some comments about it. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is literally in the Bible. Like, they're talking, like, they're making a TV show about it. Like, totally on the opposite side, though. But it's very true. There is an actual war going on between light and dark and it's just so amazing to see this like play out and like I'm saying once you really know the Bible and see it from a supernatural perspective and not a modern worldview you can start to see how all of these supernatural movies and TV shows and stuff have a very specific connection to the Bible in some shape or, or another. Like, it's, it's right in front of your face. It's right in front of our faces. So I thought that was really cool. And uh, I just kind of wanted to share that. And uh, this TV show is really good. And like I said, it's not something that a Christian should probably consume. Uh, but I feel as though I have a very uh, protected mind. Uh, I pray often about protecting me from evil and asking Jesus to you know, keep me from temptation and uh, keep me from evil, things like that. Uh, and I think that I have a, a mind that can see outside of the show. Like, I'm, it's not going to suck me into witchcraft and sorcery to where I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm going to switch to the dark side. Like, no, not going to happen. Like, this is strictly just entertainment for me. And uh, I can see that, and I don't have any problems with it. Uh, so, yeah. And witches and warlocks and stuff, that's in the Bible, too. Like, it's all in there. Uh 
It's a very relevant, very relevant. Uh, what else? Uh, I think that'll probably be it for today, but, um, next episode is going to be about the transfiguration. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And, uh, we're in, we'll be in Matthew, uh, chapter 17, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't want to get into the, the story much, but we're going to be getting into a lot of discussion about what is light, uh, probably get into some quantum physics and some quantum theory uh, about this realm and the physical world and, you know, how we see things and uh, different perspectives of what God is. Uh, it all has to do with light, L-I-G-H-T, light. So uh, that'll be next episode. I'm excited about that one. That one should be fun. That's stuff that I really uh, enjoy learning about and talking about. And again, it's all very supernatural. It's all very uh, heavenly and cosmic. And it has, uh, has a way of getting us outside of the physical. But the physical is a very important realm to be in because... I think that's where God's beauty is for us. And if we can see the beauty in the in the physical world, then we can see God. We can take moments in time and meditate on God's creation and his beauty and thanking him and appreciating everything and just taking a moment to just be in the present and see things for what they are. A beautiful immaculate, intelligently designed creation. So, uh, practice that a little bit. See if you can find beauty in some of the things that you don't really take time to look at much. Like the trees, or the wind blowing, the blue sky, the sunrise, the sunset, the stars in the sky, the moon. Full moon's going to be coming here few days, maybe a week or so, I'm not sure. There's a lot of beautiful things outside in nature. So get outside and check something out that's beautiful. And maybe you need to discover what is beautiful. Maybe you don't have a definition of beauty and you don't know what is beauty. Maybe you need to figure that one out. Highly likely. Maybe it's a possibility. So just some things to leave you with there. Uh, that's all I got for today. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you like the show, share the show. Reach out to me on social. Give me a like, whatever. Uh, but I appreciate it. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.